Hey, it's Jess Massa. Thanks for listening to this episode of WTF Health. All this talk about the future of health is brought to you in part by our sponsors, Transparent, OneDrop, Wheel, Pfizer, Vita Health, Utopia, 120 over 80 marketing, and Bayer G4A. And don't forget, if you want to check out the video version of this interview, head on over to my YouTube channel. That's at youtube.com slash WTF Health. Hey, it's Jessica DeMassa with WTF Health. What's the future health? I am talking to the who's who of health tech and healthcare innovation. And today, we are here at ATA 2022, and I'm checking in with the head of enterprise virtual care for CVS Health. Please meet Dr. Cray Milford. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh, CVS, virtual care. We're going to start. Let's start high level. I mean, I think everybody, I mean, obviously knows that CVS is in this virtual care space. You're augmenting with the care that you're delivering and you're in-person pharmacies and stores and in retail centers with virtual. But like, tell me, like, I mean, head of virtual care, like what is, what do you, how are you guys thinking about virtual and how it fits in with what you guys are doing in person? Yeah, great question. So, We've got a lot going on. So virtual care covers the gambit of a lot of different services, okay. urgent care, virtual primary care, uh, the home-based services, how we're bringing virtual to those uh, areas of our existing businesses. And we think about virtual in a couple of ways. One, uh, the fact that our existing businesses are delivering a lot of in-person care, as you said, Minute Clinic and others. But what's a little-known fact is that, by way of example, Minute Clinic still is driving hundreds of thousands of virtual visits per year. Aetna, by way of another example, has actually been piloting virtual care benefits and programs uh, with other partners, both in the primary care and urgent care, and actually specialty care space for, for almost a decade. And so you know, how we're beginning to think about it is a couple of things. One, how do you create a connected ecosystem so that the consumer has a single front door of healthcare? The second is from a provider lens, how do you ensure that provider workforce is coordinated and working together? We've got a lot of different parts of our businesses, from pharmacists to minute clinic into you know aspirations around primary care and so forth. And being able to stitch all of that together in a connected experience is really important. We're advantaged in a lot of ways because we use a single electronic health record and we have a data system that allows us to see patients in one view. <clears throat> but those are how we're kind of starting to think about weaving together the existing business models with virtual, recognizing exactly as you said, you know, recognized by the ATA conference here today, care will likely move much more towards uh, even a hybrid or all virtual approach. Uh, we think virtual only is something that is uh, not going to be as readily adopted moving forward. But as we think about the models we currently have, which is you know, largely in-person with uh, demonstrations of virtual, being able to really connect that together from a digital, virtual, in-person, home experience all together will be kind of where we're going to be uh, strategizing the next couple of weeks and months. I love that. So I think you're not alone in doing that because I feel like I keep hearing, I think omni-channel is the word of like the last two years as I think healthcare organizations like yourself and other provider organizations are trying to think about what is it that we do take and turn virtual and what is it that does need to happen in person and like what's that mix and then how do the workflows around that change? So you even said, I mean, we're, we're thinking through how to get this one point of entry for the, for the patient, for the consumer. Can you take any of that any further and maybe reveal to us like, 
like, you know, some of the questions that you're asking yourself as you're kind of going through and, and, and strategizing this stuff. I mean, what are some of the things that you, that are keeping you awake at night, right? Well, we're, we're really trying to, you know, I, it was unbeknownst to me until I joined CVS, but CVS.com is a very well-visited, prominent healthcare site. People are coming there to get all sorts of questions answered to their care, and they're also going there to see where the local minute clinic is and see where the local retail is and, and fill my medicines. And so if you think about that as a, as a forum for the patients that we serve and the members and consumers that we serve, how do we begin to build that into a virtual and digital strategy where you can also actually get care? But to do that, you need, number one, uh, what we call you know air traffic control systems in place below your digital strategy to help inform uh, that consumer of where the right time, place, person, specialty, and so forth are available. Uh, and then second is have the care teams uh, present uh, and ready uh, for when that virtual visit is going to occur. And then the third part, I think what uh, has been challenged in the past with a lot of these virtual models and physical models is tying it together so that you know, in the event that a patient ends up with a virtual provider and needs in-person care, that we've transitioned that care appropriately with a single care plan. Um, and those, each of those steps involve a lot of, uh, a lot of clinical operations, a lot of overall operations. Uh, and so we, we think a lot about those kind of pivot points of how a consumer and a provider end up having to, to meet within the ecosystem and then be uh, scheduled into that appropriate uh, appointment, but also referred uh, into the right care that they need. So those are kind of the steps below generally kind of connecting a patient and a provider together uh, virtually. So I'm, you had mentioned like between CVS and Aetna, a lot of experience with virtual care. How has the way that you're looking at it, looking forward at that strategy that you're developing, I mean, we're talking about the nuts and bolts here and like the, what we're going to do next, but I'd like to know like how the pandemic has changed if it's changed, the yeah. way that, that your organization is viewing virtual at all. Like, I mean, because I've had a lot of discussions, at least early on in the pandemic, about, like, you know, toothpaste out of the tube. Now everybody's tried it, but you can't get it back in. You know, I mean, are you guys feeling the same vibe there? Like, talk to me about how the pandemic has changed maybe your, virtu your approach to virtual. You know, I think it's very common now that we have a lot of virtual. Pre-pandemic, you had basically a virtual-only approach, and most of your in-network providers were doing just regular in-person visits. We then saw an explosion across the board, specialists and primary care in-network providers that were now doing uh, virtual visits. Uh, we've seen that trend kind of recede a little bit over the past, you know, kind of months. Uh, and I think that we'll reach a steady state around how providers in the network and then companies that are, uh, you know, really approaching payers and, and providers uh, to be able to deliver kind of these virtual and in-person options for their membership. So I do think it will persist in terms of the virtual trend. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, certain areas will actually be, uh, you know, I think higher utilizing than others. Behavioral health we've seen over and over. That continues to be a trend uh, in an area where digital, you know, experience with patients actually has been driving a lot of change. But I do, I, I think a couple things will play out. Number one, Consumers have voted basically with their feet or with their fingertips that, you know, they're going to want a virtual uh, experience, mainly because of access and convenience for them. I think we're still trying to prove out collectively as an industry 
the implications on quality and on cost. I think those are questions that we've had early indications in some models that there's improved quality and lower cost. But I think as these models continue to evolve and, quite frankly, connect back better into the local communities, my expectation is is that we hope to see uh, better quality and lower cost as a result of those programs. Um, And I think what, what will be interesting is as we ease out of the pandemic, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, to what extent uh, the in-network providers uh, will continue to do virtual care as a part of their core practice. We've seen certain areas, pre-op, post-op, for the surgical side, becoming more virtualized as a standard. Uh, I think in the general medicine uh, and general specialty categories, I think the question is, how does that virtual uh, component of care actually um, nest within their overall business model because today most providers in the network are paid fee for service and get paid more for doing more and so how we think about changing those business models and financial models will be really important to, to actually create more traction more acceptance more adoption of virtual as a real way to entice patients back to their primary care doctor, back to their specialist, and so forth. So I think those are the the areas that we're really trying to think through uh, with respect to the clinical, the business, and the financial models. On the the financial model, do you think the um, incentives are going to realign? Sure hope so. We've seen a lot of of opportunity with the value-based models, MSSP, now direct contracting, uh, and ACO models within the commercial space. We have clear evidence in the Medicare Advantage space that, you know, if you put the right types of incentives for providers to accept risk, manage patients, that you get better outcomes. And so my hope and expectation is that, you know, we'll have more and more companies, including CVS, that will, you know, begin to point the way for how to evolve some of those value-based models. Uh, And ideally, virtual then becomes... Uh, a, a very key part of that business because it drives better engagement. You know, as I've told our team many times, you know, we, we still live in a world where we want patients to come to the doctor. I'm still practicing internal medicine doctor. And, you know, we need to move to a world where it's more omnichannel. They can connect with us and I can connect with them in a very different way, uh, more proactive than reactive, right? More longitudinal than episodic. And so as we think through how we're going to do that, that's, I think those value-based financial models will actually help accelerate that work. Uh, and you've seen that, again, yeah. in some of the other areas like and Medicare Advantage, oh, yeah. some early models around exchange uh, and the MCO uh, Medicaid space. All right, last thing for you. Yeah. What do you got your eye on? Like, what's cool to you from a tech standpoint? Like, I mean, like, you're, you're probably seeing all manner of stuff. In fact, I know all manner of health tech and digital health company that is, you know, trying to work with CVS Health and with Aetna. And so, like, what, what do you, like, what do you, what's got your attention peaked? I mean, like, are you into any particular category of health tech or are there certain things that you're looking for to kind of augment or build out what you've already got going on here? Yeah, I think there's probably, there's several. Okay. Uh, I, I keep going. <laughs> One is, uh, you know, we collectively at CVS see a huge opportunity in the home. And so businesses that are really innovating and delivering care differently in the home, we're really excited about. Uh, The use of technology and wearables and sensors, you know, we're here at ATA. There are several companies that are in that space that uh, really, you know, I don't know who will be the winners in that space. But what we're interested in is how do you connect the data device 
how do you use it to deliver better care, more real-time, more continuous. So you know, those models and those devices will help drive some of these more higher acuity models in the home, like hospital at home and post-acute care at home. So that's the second area is uh, devices. Um, and then you know, we, uh, we're looking at, you know, along the digital and AI side, how do you start to think about, how do we all start to think about the use of AI and the use of uh, really optimizing uh, management by exception? So we're going to have a lot more data, a lot more interaction and touch points with patients and members across, in our instance, the CVS ecosystem. How do we use AI to help that patient better get care? How do we use that AI to help the care team uh, actually deliver better care and interact at the right times? And then finally, how do we use AI on the back-end administrative work to improve administrative burden or reduce administrative burden for the providers that we help and work with um, across the spectrum. So those are probably a couple areas that we are looking at. Awesome. Well, I love that provider focus from a doctor here. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for stopping by and talking with me. It's, a, it's, it's exciting to run into you here at ATA, and so I appreciate you taking a few minutes to tell me what's up at CVS Health. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Everybody, that's Dr. Craig Milford. He is the head of enterprise virtual care at CVS Health, getting us up to speed on how CVS Health is thinking about their virtual care strategy moving forward. Thank you again for stopping by. Thank you. I'm Jessica DeMassa, and for more interviews with the who's who of health tech as they are changing the way that we do healthcare, head on over to my YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash WTF Health. Thanks. Hey, it's Jess. If you're looking for more news on what's going on in health tech, I've got another show airing on this channel called Health Tech Deals. In this one, famous healthcare curmudgeon Matthew Holt joins me twice a week to weigh in on the biggest funding deals, M&A activity, and exits in health tech. Just look for episodes labeled Health Tech Deals.